We are live. It's gonna let us go live. All right. In the meantime, let's do. Let's kick it off with this intro music. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> different okay here we are do you want to uh start us off amanda or do sure like we always do (laughs) yes welcome everybody to the horror hell support group podcast this is our first live episode first of hopefully many i am one of your hosts amanda the author the sexy scribe of the podcast and i am joined by my sister in horror my good sis the bookish baddie samara how you doing, girl? I'm good. That's always a great introduction. You're so that's why I'm like, you do it. I'd only mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'd I only mess it up. Um, I'm doing good. good. It's hey, a new Kay. year, new us. Um, yeah. Oh, hi. I see, I see. Um, so yeah, it's a new year, new us, 2023. Is it new us though? I don't think so. I think it's the same old us. Maybe new mess. It's this. It's the same <laughs> us. I'd say maybe more focused. Yeah. Us, but generally, um, the same us. We're gonna be as honest. We're gonna be as petty, and we're gonna be as excited about the books that we're reading this year. Yeah, most definitely. Um, speaking of, yeah, new year, new us. Yes. <laughs> um. So obviously, you know, this is our very first like live podcast. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we're actually doing it live. Like this is so weird. Usually we come here, hair looking whatever. Well, Amanda always looks amazing, but me, I come on here looking like a scrub. I I don't know. Okay, but up. did we not forget the moment that I was the most Californian ever where I was wearing a tank top and a beanie at the same time? Let's not we forget didn't. this. I don't <laughs> think I could forget it. We didn't forget it. Um, <laughs> but now, yeah, we're just trying something new. We want to record live, but of course, we'll still have, you know, our episodes on like podcasts. Like, oh, we're going to be on like the Apple podcast now, whatever it's called. You know, I'm a I'm an Android user. I'm like, Apple podcast? I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah. yeah yes, we love just, being live. Just Apple podcast. <laughs> Apple podcast. Be an extra. Right. <laughs> Does it have it's, three names? Is it, it has, some complicated thing? It's a whole thing. But we're going to be on there now. Since I figured out how to actually get us on there, it's like a whole thing. And I never want to go through it again. So I'm happy I only had to do it once. But of course, we're still going to be on Spotify. And then, of course, on Anchor as usual. Um, but as for, you know, our book club, as you guys know, we're not only a podcast, we're a book club, um, where we read horror, horror written by, um, authors of color and we read one book a month and we meet bi-weekly, um, to discuss, you know, the book, things we like, things we didn't like, thoughts about it in our discord. Um, so if you guys want to join that and just like, you know, chat it up with us more often instead of just, you know listening to us one-sided, then feel free. Um, And so this month, we're actually going to be reading um, The Fervor by Almakatsu. I'm super excited. Um, We've got monsters. We've got um, Japanese internment camp, craziness. um, And I'm really, I'm I'm like, I won't read too much of the back because I just don't want to know. I feel like the back gives way too much. Way like way too much. I don't want to read the synopsis. Right, and I'm especially excited about this book because Omakatsu followed us. Yes, which was a great day. So, uh, hopefully, I you know fingers crossed, maybe we can get her on the podcast or in the book club to do an interview with us once mm-hmm. we finish. The- so we're speaking, we're manifesting that. But I'm especially excited about this one. Yeah, for sure. I cannot wait until we talk about it next Saturday. Actually, we're giving we're giving ourselves a little bit of time to ease in with the new year. Um, right. Yeah, well, we normally meet biweekly anyway, <laughs> yeah. so we do twice a month. And then I guess just to kind of give you all an update about this is a little housekeeping corner, just to give you all a little bit of an update about the new episode format. So we're switching to three episodes on, one episode up off so three weeks on one week off that was the i should have said it that way first but you know i told you i had too much coffee today 
<laughs> so you can listen to some of our old episodes after that. And Samara, do you know we are one month away from our one year anniversary with this podcast? I didn't. My head has been yeah. too like into it. I didn't know we were. Shut up. We got to do something special. We Yes, we will. But I just <laughs> looked at, because, um, you know, I've been like trying to promote our older episodes, mm-hmm. which y'all go ahead and please listen to our older episodes. They're we really have, good. Like, and we're trying to get work. more people into it. So, hey, Jess. Hey, um, hey. But yeah, February 3rd. And I was like, oh, shit. So we, we definitely have to plan something special for that. That's insane. I did not know. Oh my. I'm glad that you were you and you kept tabs because I'd have been like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Keep working. No anniversaries for us. Oh my. Can we play, um, what's the song? Anniversary. <gasps> I can't sing it because copyright, but you know yes. who I'm talking about. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. I'm like, we got to do it. We got to do it. Um, but yeah, like, we're like, like Amanda said, we're hoping to, with this podcast, like have people on, um, fellow, maybe even fellow readers, uh, fellow writers, all things like that. Like we would love to have more people on here to just expand a little more, add a little more flavor as if you guys need more, but yeah, add a little more flavor (laughs) to the madness, the soup madness. Um, but yeah, how about we get into, our whole thing with like the best and the worst horror that we read in 2022. By the way, full disclaimer, this doesn't mean these books came out in 2022. It just means we read them in 2022. I don't have the money or the time to keep up and be reading like books that are just every out single all the time. Like every time. Yeah. <laughs> I have right. a backlog. Right. So why don't you kick us off, Samara, with your top three? Yeah. Um so my first one would definitely be, uh, and it's yours too, by the way, Amanda, but it's um, On Sundays, She Picked Flowers by Yaya Schofield. Like the little graphic I got for you guys. So yeah, On Sunday, She Picked Flowers by Yaya Schofield, um, who also is a fellow horror ho. She's in the book club with us and she participates. Um, and we were lucky enough to have her come in for an author discussion with the group. And she gave us some amazing insight into like her writing process, her thought process, um, and any questions we had. Like I had a lot of questions, mm-hmm. but she was yeah. great. She was great for that. And her future work as well. Yeah. So she's, you know, it's not like we were going to go, okay, we read one book and then that's it. But it mm-hmm. just made me even more excited to read her future works because what she has coming up on the horizon, y'all, so good. Be ready. Just be ready. Like... I'm ready. But um, if you guys don't know about On Sunday, She Picked Flowers, um, not to give too much away, trying to keep spoilers at a minimum here, but we are following our main character. She is a 30-year-old woman living with her very abusive mother. And I believe the time zone is like maybe the 6 to 50, 60s. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were a little bit unclear, I think, about like when, like when the time frame was, but it was like the 50s or 60s. Um, and I can tell you this because it's in the synopsis, but she ends up getting into an altercation with her mother and murdering her. And she escapes um, and she is actually sold this little cabin in a creepy haunted wood where she mm-hmm. makes her home. And, you know, there's spooks, yeah. there's haints, there's a creature that's stalking her for whatever reason. And it's it's mm-hmm. so good. Like, it yeah, really goes. Yeah, haunted. Mm-hmm. And, oh, oh. It was, it's, it's horror. It's a little fantasy. It's queer. Southern Gothic going on. It's queer. Like you said, it's everything I needed it to be, which is why I love reading indie authors because indie authors are not afraid to go there and I love it. So yeah. Um, on Sunday, she picked flowers. Um, I gave it five blackulas for those who are new. We go on a rating system. We don't do stars. We do blackulas. So I gave it five. Yes, I too gave it five blackulas. Uh, it was so good. And shout out to Yaya if she's here or if she tunes into this in the future. We love your work and can't wait to read more. So if y'all have not checked out On Sunday, She Picks Flowers, highly recommend it. Highly. Do you want to just go back and forth or should I do all three? Yeah, we can go back and forth. So um, that was on both of our lists. Mm-hmm. So my second is The Hacienda by Isabel Cañas. 
this gave me this gave me what I needed at the time I read it because it's mm-hmm. gothic horror it's got you know you can tell the influences it's influenced mm-hmm. by Rebecca it's influenced by maybe Haunting of Hill House uh, it's a really great book essentially it follows our main character who is I would say it's maybe during maybe the 1800s is the vibes it gave me but she marries into this rich family and she goes to the estate and it's a little desolate it's a rich family but the estate is kind of in disrepair her husband it's essentially a marriage of convenience Mm -hmm. her husband is not there and so because she's the woman of the manor she's expected to keep up the house she's expected to do the cooking, the entertaining, and then she's there and the house is haunted. And she's trying to figure out how to resolve it. Nobody's really listening to her. And then it also follows a priest um, in the same village who has his family worked for the hacienda when he was younger. So they come together to try to resolve this. And it is so good and creepy, atmospheric. And I listened to the audiobook. And I, so I highly recommend the audiobook because I think the people who narrated it did a really good job. Yeah. I did not get a chance to listen to it. See, you're always good for that. I swear. Like, I never listen to the audiobook. I'm definitely just like an eyeball reader for the most part. And I flew through the Hacienda because, like, what I didn't get from Mexican Gothic, and by the way, I got a lot from Mexican Gothic. What I didn't get from Mexican Gothic, I ended up getting that with the Hacienda. It's like, if you read Mexican Gothic, this is kind of like the story of what happens to the cousin she goes to visit in a way. Like it's such a good story. If you like Mexican Gothic, you're definitely going to like the Hacienda by Isabel Cañas. Like yeah. I gave it five blackulas, hands down. Mm-hmm. Five, five blackulas as well for me. Um, I look forward to reading more of this author's work. It was so good. So pick yeah. it up if you haven't read it. Definitely. Um, and so my next one would be Goddess of Filth by V. Castro. So funny story, Amanda and I both read um, the, her other book, um, Queen of the Cicadas. And we were both like, mm, mm, mm. like we just weren't quite feeling it. But then we read Goddess of Filth and I was like, oh, this should take off. Like it goes because <laughs> basically... T- to get to it, don't let me ramble. Um, a group of friends decide to hold a seance and one of their friends ends up getting possessed by like this old world, what appears to be like an old world demon and weird shit happens. So, and it's a short book too, by the way. So I feel like I can't go further than that. No, just give it away. But oh my God, it's such a good book. Good description. Love the friendship. Love the creepiness of the, of the possession. And V Castro, like the way she... Her types of like her type of horror is very different from a lot of things I've read before. It's mm-hmm. very like steeped in like indigenous culture, if if I'm saying that right. Like very much taking you way back to the ancestors, yeah, and making it uh, both enlightening and both like creepy as hell. And I don't understand how she does it, but I love it, and mm-hmm. I'm for it. Like I'm here, V Castro. I'm looking forward to. Um, her new book that's coming out this year and then I think she had one that got released late last year yeah I think um, so, so yeah. yeah I'm trying to get my hands on both of those copies yeah the one she has coming out this uh, later this year mm-hmm. or mid this year is The Haunting of Alejandra mm-hmm. um, uh, the cover's great can't wait to read it uh, it's about La Llorona mm-hmm. so I think that's gonna be great yeah I you know even that's the thing is Queen of Cicadas was a uh, 2.5 free Blackula read for me. Mm-hmm. But even that said, I still really like her writing style, yeah. which is why I rated it so high because I love the way she writes. It's very gritty. It's very, you know, you have some people like Yaya writes very, it's all very poetic. It's yeah. like music, so beautiful. the way that she writes. And Vicastro writes not that it's not like music but it's very blunt it's very to the point mm-hmm. it's it's more like a slam poetry yeah since yaya is more of like a old like school like, person 
Toni Morrison melodic yeah. kind of vibes. Yeah. I like both styles. And it's also because she's not, she doesn't shy away from the nitty gritty kind of mm-hmm. dirty, dirty, like aspects of, of womanhood, of, of flawed characters. And what it means to be I a brown just, person. Yes. And dealing with yes. like familial, like family curses and like carrying that. And I was like, God damn. She's a good one. I really enjoy her writing. But God is a filth. That's 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 my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think she's also. I think this was an indie book as well, right? Did yeah, she I published this so. one traditional. Because I yeah. So I think she's hybrid. So this is an opportunity to read an indie book, support. Uh, I think a hybrid author mm-hmm. with Vicastro. Yeah. So my next uh, one that I liked is Camp Slaughter by Sergio Gomez. And this is also another indie pick. And y'all, if you like slashers, if you like <laughs> cannibalism, if you like camp horror, which I know Samara is a huge fan of. Huge. You will love, if you like teenage slasher horror, that's also too, because I think all the characters in here are teenagers. Yeah. Then you'll love Camp Slaughter. So we are following a group of teens going spring break, going to some abandoned you know, cabin in the woods kind of thing, right? Well, they're going to do what teens do. They're going to drink. They're going to smoke. They're going to fuck. <laughs> <Play video games. laughs> can you say that on YouTube? No. <laughs> I think after a certain amount of time, you can. And it's been 16 minutes. So, yes, we can uh-huh. post now. <laughs> um, so, so, we follow them. And they're all of their different kind of complicated relationships. What I liked is that none of the characters were super tropey. Mm-hmm. Even the kind of posturing alpha male if you will you still he still had layers to him and you still rooted for him like he 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 was very much dominant very much the leader but he wasn't necessarily an asshole right so we're following these characters we're also following who is the antagonist the villain of this uh ignacio or varias caras so many faces and he's a cannibal and so we're following him on his pursuit of the people that he's killing. And There's again, some... I listened to this in audiobook, <sighs> and the actor gave him such a like a high pitched voice. I don't, I don't know what it is. It sent it into full on camp for me. Like it made it funnier. <laughs> such a good book. I it, there the, are the some... kills, the thrills, there... the chills. <laughs> There's a part in the book that I don't want to mention, but that makes me go. Amanda knows, but there's like a part in that book besides like besides anything else. There's this one part. And if you read it, you will know what I'm talking about. But it's going to make you go like, oh, God, ew. Maybe two. Actually, there's two parts. You'll you'll know when you read, but you won't know unless you read it. So read it. It's a really good book. I think I gave it like four Blackulas. I did not listen to the audiobook. See, I think sometimes you're right, and then sometimes you go wrong with those audiobooks. They can ruin your experience a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I I gave it, I think I gave it five Blackulas, but this is highly recommend. There is a sequel, which we have not yet read. Yeah, I really want to, though. So we probably, that might be a book club pick, a future book club pick. He also has a holiday, like, alien-type horror that mm-hmm. we did recommend on our Instagram a couple weeks ago. And so that's also a pick. This is Kindle Unlimited indie author. So go ahead and support Sergio Gomez. So good. Um, So my next one is the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by the one, the only Grady Hendrix. Also the namesake of this book club. (laughs) Um, Right. I love this book. It's one of my favorite vampire books. I can safely say that. Um, But basically, it's taking place in the 90s in this little white uh, southern suburb where, you know, the men are men, girls are girls, however that song goes. Um, And most of the women there there are stay-at-home moms, wives, and they all have this book club that they go to. And um, randomly, a... uh, dashing man moves into the neighborhood he's single um he joins the book club with them and it turns out he's a fucking vampire and he has 
all the husbands wrapped around his finger. Mm -hmm. He's going into the poor side of town to feed on the poor little black kids. And uh, our main housewife is like, what do I do? How do I do this? And I think the way that Greedy Hendrix kind of described this book was like, if his mom was to face off against like a vampire, that's what mm -hmm. he wanted to see when he like, that's what he wanted when he wrote this book. And it's exactly that. Like, it's so awesome. I love this book. There are some really like, what the hell parts, some yeah. like, ill parts, some parts that made me shiver. And I was like, no, no, stop, please. This is so gross. And that's why I love it. Like, I need books that make me feel. Um, and the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix definitely did that for me. So I gave it five Blackulas. I feel like that's so, that's super ironic, Blackulas. But anyway, yeah. five Blackulas. <laughs> yeah, I think I gave it four, maybe four and a half. So, you know, just to clarify, we are a book club that centers centers books mm -hmm. by black indigenous and other people of color occasionally we read books by white authors grady hendrix being one of the white authors we both frequently read um and i think we have also another fan i love that book can't wait for the live action me either me neither and so I, one of the reasons why i love this book is because it does address very much the like they just is classism sexism for sure because when i tell you the vampire is not the only villain in this book no not, not at by all. a long shot um and it also addresses those things of like you have this white housewife then asking somebody black for help and this person going you don't even know me you don't know my family you don't know anything i asked you for help and you didn't want to help me and now suddenly you're you need my help right and also and so, it it also shows like the spirit of black women being like fuck it i'll do it like mm -hmm. that's basically what this book is yeah yeah so it, if you you'll like it if you like vampires and if you like a little humor with your horror because mm -hmm. i think this is Hendrix's writing is not for everybody because he does tend to be a little bit more humorous and a little campy. Mm. But if you like that, then you like this book. Yeah, so sure. now that we've gone through the things that we like, let's go through the things we didn't like. Oh no, <laughs> let's go through our TV shows and stuff, we, movies that we like. Ugh, not me yeah. trying to skip to the good, the juicy stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. Let's let's bag it. Well, trying to keep a balanced diet, but. Um, mm -hmm. things we didn't, or rather we did like, like TV shows we did like, mm -hmm. um, I would say for sure. And we both, we both have talked about this, the interview with the vampire TV show mm -hmm. that was on AMC plus chef's kiss, five blackulas, applause all around the acting, the costumes, the accents, the storyline that it differs from the book and it's better. I don't know. This is the first time that I've ever witnessed like a, a TV show or a movie based off of a book doing like actually being better than the written work. First time, first time for everything. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is, I was talking to one of my friends about this earlier today. For me, it's the fact that they made Louis black. Mm -hmm. Because what, let me tell you what I wasn't going to do. I was not going to sit and watch a show where they had Louis being a white enslaver and sit there and boohoo about the way that Lestat is treating him. I'm going to just keep it 100. I was not going to do that. So the fact that they updated his character they made him so much more layered. They, It was an opportunity to address so many more things like racism, like homophobia, like what it's mm -hmm. like to be in the closet, all of these different things that the original text didn't and could not address. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Costume, yeah. acting, chemistry. All of that. Uh, the queerness you, for me the queerness definitely also if you don't watch this show like if you watch nothing else mm -hmm. Left go to youtube crowns. and watch louis confession i was like 
I, I gave him a standing ovation. He ain't see it, but I did it in my living room. It's a confession. And then it's Claudia mocking Lestat at the end for me. Mm -hmm. It's that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I ate too much checkered cake. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm going to do a slight plug because I am going to be talking a little bit more about this on my personal YouTube channel. This and then why it was a, a good adaptation and why Rings of Power was a piss poor adaptation. So I'll be sharing that in the coming weeks. So follow me to Definitely. get my opinion on that. Okay, so next one. Um, where is my list? Here it is. I'm like, where is my list? Um, loved the movie Barbarian. <laughs> if y'all ain't seen Barbarian though. <laughs> this movie is unhinged, for real. For real, for real. Um, Barbarian, first of all, I thought I was going to like it anyway, just because it takes place in my city, Detroit, specifically in the Brightmore area of Detroit. And at first I was like, man, they didn't really film this in Detroit. And then they showed the neighborhood and I was like, oh shit. Yeah, that's Brightmore. Oh man. Oh, at least it's a small section of it. All of Brightmore doesn't look like that. I promise. But it was a certain neighborhood that was like, oh baby. Yeah, that's Brightmore. But um, Barbarian is a film that came out in 2022, um, takes place in this Airbnb in Brightmore um, neighborhood of Detroit, Michigan. And um, yeah, I agree. And, uh, and so there's this black woman who she's booked the Airbnb. It's raining, it's wet as nom outside, it's dark. There's like no street lights. She um, goes to get the key. There is no key. She's like, what the hell? Turns out, um, the Airbnb host had actually rented it out to two people at the same time. So the the man who was in there um, played by um, who was, he's one of the, he's one of the Skarsgård brothers, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, uh, Pennywise. Uh, Pennywise. It's Pennywise. For those who don't know, <laughs> um, so he is kind enough to be like, "Hey, I know this is really creepy and it's not ideal, but you're welcome to like come in and try to figure out your situation." Um, they mm -hmm. end up actually kind of like becoming cool. She was safe enough to drink with him and stay like in the bedroom with the door locked while he slept yeah. on the couch. And um, that's where like the weird stuff happens. Like they find this creepy ass passage in the basement and there's something down there. Mm -hmm. And then the movie, uh, you know, a quarter of the way through the movie abruptly jumps to some highway, sunny ass highway in California and Justin Long, who at this point is a scream king. Yeah. He, um, <clears throat> he's this, really horrible horrible man and then you know the airbnb that she's staying in he owns it so he ends up going there finding all their stuff and then instead of going huh people look like they left in a hurry and left all their stuff he starts like trying to figure out how to sell the house because he's in for some reason having to he trouble and he did liquidate and so he discovers this passage, and instead of going, I'm getting out of here, he does something else that makes you go. And then more more weirdness ensues. It's one of those things that I watched it, and I was a little sick to my stomach, but then looking back on it, I see it's right. so unserious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that movie was perfection. It was it was everything I didn't know that I needed. I only had one gripe, and that was the whole cop situation. That was yeah. really unrealistic. I know that um, the the world, the whole country is like, oh, cops don't come when you call them, and like they do, they come. My mother has had to call the cops multiple times. They come, um, and if and if a woman is walking up to you and she looks hurt or scared, they help you. They don't just go, ah, you must be a crackhead. Like, they're not going to do that. Mm. Yeah, I agree. They all did not handle finding that passage correctly. I would have definitely, I wouldn't even went that far. Like, if I called your name the three times she called and you ain't answer, I'm not going down there. I'm going outside and I'm calling the fucking cops. Yeah, because listen, <laughs> um, we don't go together. It's not like you're my partner. It's not like you're my friend. You're my mama. I don't, I just, I not even 24 hours ago met you. 
sorry for you. Sorry to, I'm Kiki Palmer. Sorry to this man. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going outside. <laughs> I'm not doing it. But it's definitely one, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend, as well as this next one on our list, which is mm-hmm. Smile. Now, yes. um, this one features, actually, did you know the main actress is Kevin Bacon's daughter? So here we yep. are, six degrees of separation. Her name is Kevin Susie Bacon. Bacon. He missed mm-hmm. the opportunity. We've talked about this. He's missed the opportunity to name her Christina Penelope Bacon. <laughs> If you get what I'm saying, you get it. <laughs> the girls, the girlies who know now, like <laughs> <laughs> the girls who get it, get it. Okay, so this one follows. She is a therapist, and um, she is has her own trauma from her mom's death when she was a teenager, and then she gets a patient who comes in saying, you know, very distraught and is smiling at her. And then whatever happened with this patient essentially gets passed on to this, our main character. And then suddenly she's being haunted. All of these weird random things are happening and people are randomly smiling at her. And simultaneously, she, as she kind of descends into the, I'll say, um, unwellness, that's not a word, but we're making it one, of the situation she also starts to get a little bit of fuck it in her system and because she before was not one to really stand up to folks because her her sister is an asshole her man is an asshole and her therapist is eh. so she's like finally standing up for herself uh it was just it was a, it was an interesting it was a pretty good one i gave it three and a half blackulas i enjoyed it for sure um I think also her Kyle Penn fi- is in it, so I think her fiance played A Train in mm-hmm. um the the Amazon show. Um uh, why can't I think of the name the, of it? It's the so boys. weird. The boys, yeah. Yeah. That was weird seeing him outside of that <laughs> show. <laughs> I think he should mm-hmm. stay there. He didn't do that good of a job. He was okay. But I don't think they gave him much to yeah. work with either. So like I can't put that all on him, right? I mean he's pretty I okay like as A Train. I think it's the writing. Because mm-hmm. I think they were trying to to contrast him with another character in a see how he treats you kind of way. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why is it gotta be? Why could yeah. why couldn't you swap? Why did you yeah. have to make him the one that's an asshole? I, I will mean? also say he's always playing the asshole though, and I agree. Like, oh, sorry, I think I clicked it and you clicked it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he was an ass in that too. Like, he played. I guess he plays it well. Mm-hmm. is he a good actor he had another show called survivor remorse i don't know i think he might just be okay like he gets yeah. his little bit parts and he's 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 making dime so i wouldn't be mad at it um but i just that film we, my mom made me go see it yes i go watch horror films with my mommy she is my number one horror movie partner as a matter of fact i'm going to her house to watch horror movies this weekend because that is what we I do i love that um, um so yeah have you and your mom seen this next one on our list yeah. has your mom seen this next one on our list which, which is one? x she has not has i refuse to watch that with her views oh yeah well i can see why yeah if you haven't seen x uh <laughs> i think it's a good time <laughs> um it follows a group of adult film stars in the 70s they are going to a place that's giving a little Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and a massacre does ensue. It has Kate Cuddy, it has Mia Goth, who is a very talented, wonderful scream queen. It's got Jenna Ortega, mm-hmm. also scream queen. And it's just a really, it's just a good movie. Like, I know there are some people who didn't like it. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. the kills. I enjoyed who was committing the crimes. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the affirmation in the movie, which is our main character snorts a line and then goes, I'm a fucking sick symbol. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to say that to yourself. You just Sometimes gotta... you have to be that person for yourself. Positive affirmations. Um, yeah, but yeah, X is a fun time. 
And yes, she wouldn't want to watch with her parents. I was like, you know, I can I can usually sit through a sex scene. With my mom, she gets she's the one who gets like squeamish, not me. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't watch that one with her. That's just out. Yeah, I realized after I said it, it was like, oh, what are you doing, Amanda? <laughs> this ain't the move. No, I'm not. she ain't gonna watch it. I don't think she'll even like it. Um, but yeah, X. I wanted like I really loved it. I think it's an A twenty four film. They all have a very like specific way about them. Like you can watch a movie and be like, this looks like an A24 film. You can't quite put your finger on it, but you you just know it's weird. Um, mm-hmm. But I really want to see Pearl. Like, yeah. I like lights enough to really want to see Pearl. And the kills were, were fun. It was very like grindhouse. It's like low budget. It looked, mm-hmm. it, I think that was like the whole thing they were going for. That was the aesthetic. It was very like localized and seemingly low budget but we know that they put money into this mm-hmm. i think yes i do i do need to watch pearl i just have it was in theaters and i was like i'm not really trying to watch it with people because anything i really really want to see i usually don't go to the theaters to see it i need peace and quiet yeah i want to watch pearl too i also want to watch what's going to be a third movie in this series maxine which i've yes. only like seen a snippet of the trailer I cannot wait. I think it's supposed to be set in the 80s. I love 80s horror. So um, I can't wait for that. I really loved this. And I loved our next. You see these transitions? I'm killing it. Uh, Our next movie on the list, which is Prey. This one is part of the Predator Mm -hmm. uh, oeuvre, I guess, for lack of a better word here. It's the prequel to all prequels. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, has an all indigenous cast, which is so great. And the movie, just the movie was amazing. Our main character was great. The kills, the action, the way that she was able to, I'm not going to spoil it, handle herself in the movie. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It was so good. It's on Hulu if y'all haven't seen it. Prey was such a such a great movie by Black Lives. I agree. I agree with you, and I also agree with author Sylvester. I think you, you clicked, one of, I it, clicked I on it. I clicked on it. I'm gonna leave the clicking to you. It won't happen. Again. <laughs> so yeah, this was. I think it was the best installment of the franchise. Yeah. People are probably gonna be like, yeah. "Oh, it's just because she's a woman," but it's like, no. I thought it was actually really, really good, and they they did a really good job. I'm gonna say it was. Followed by Alien versus Predator because our girl Sanaa Lathan, yes, black final girl. Finally, we had we had a few. We had Jada Pinkett, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, yeah, that was. Um, I, I did like Alien versus Predator. <laughs> I think in the interest of time, we're gonna just yeah. put these as honorable mentions. So we mm-hmm. have two other books that we liked that are our honorable mentions. So that would be Hexed by Thomas Old Hubelt. This is essentially a cursed town who has to keep the eyes of this ancient witch shut or else bad things are going to happen. Uh, And then, oh, and then it shows you essentially (laughs) what happens when, um, when thing, that type of situation happens. Yes. Yes. Yes, Geraldine. (laughs) <laughs> always was and always will be. Yeah. Um, and then our final honorable mention before we get into the juicy stuff, which is probably what y'all are really waiting for, <laughs> uh, The Exorcist's House by Nick Roberts. So did you want to? Yeah. Oh, you read this one. I read this recently. It's so, like, I wasn't ready for it. I was scared, y'all. And I don't really get scared reading books like that. But um it is a, a home, like a farmhouse, and kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and the owner of it was an exorcist, but he wasn't like part of the church or anything. He just kind of learned how to exorcise demons. Like he learned from um, priests because it turns out there's a portal to hell in his basement. And he's like, what the fuck do I do? It's killed my wife. I need to figure this out. Um, and so he ends up dying and then a family moves into this basically hell mouth and starts getting possessed, um, getting attacked, people die. It's so freaking good. And they have to kind of like basically pick up where the exorcist left off in order to close, you know, the portal to hell. 
Yeah. I wasn't ready. There was some really, and then as a woman who lives alone, I really was like, <laughs> let me, let me close this. <laughs> I'm, my yourself. imagination <laughs> was too much, but I gave it, um, I gave it five Blackulas. I actually really enjoyed it. It was very atmospheric. Um, there was no, oh, the husband doesn't believe the wife doesn't believe Like They all were like, something is fucked up. Something is weird. We need to figure it out. We need to stop this or else we're going to die. And it's not like they can just leave the house. It's mm-hmm. a part of them now. Like the grudge. Like it's done. Yeah, this is on my TBR for this year. Got so it. definitely recommend it. Now now for the juice. Now for the pettiness. Now for the, <laughs> the, the petty... Petty LaBelle, Petty Lupone of it all. Okay. Not petty Populous time. <laughs> um, we're going to move into things we didn't like. Yeah. Again, these are our opinions. We've talked about some of these on the pod. But these are things that we didn't like. Um, and some of these, it's not necessarily like we, you know, that author's dead to us. But some of it is. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to do... Uh, TV show first, yeah. which is Devil in Ohio. A Netflix show. Two thumbs down. I'm so sorry. Like, I thought it was going to give me satanic cult goodness, mm-hmm. but it. did you end up watching it, Amanda? Oh, yeah. Was, I watched the whole thing. Mm-mm. I was so mad. Like, I was I was tight by the end. I was like, no demons? <laughs> mm. the, the trailer is so misleading. Yeah. I did not care about the characters. I did not care about the family. And also, why are TV shows still so white? Why? This show was extremely white. There was like two people of color, these the therapist and um and the little adopted daughter. Yeah. The therapist, the adopted daughter, and I think the cop. I think Oh yeah, was. the cop. He was Latino. He was very much Latino. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just to give you all a quick overview of what this is about. And we don't recommend it, though. It essentially follows a, a therapist who works at a hospital or doctor, whatever. She's a woman who works at a hospital. And this girl comes in and she's got an upside down a pentagram carved in her back because, of course, and she decides to foster this girl and she's the same age as her two of her older daughters and weird things happen right mm-hmm. one of the main things i hated about this was the parentification of the middle child like this family had three kids you have like a senior in high school you have a sophomore and then you have the adopted like fifth grader mm-hmm. she was cute like she was this spunky very into musicals kind of girl and it was i liked her character but she was misplaced in this you know what i mean like if she was in some kind of fantasy or stranger things vibe i would like it but misplaced the middle daughter kept getting shit on like the mom was like oh yeah you can do it you can do it it's okay you can do it it's okay this girl that you don't even know can share your room she can have your room she can be in your room around all your stuff she not even like on the couch the older daughter didn't have to give up anything didn't have to come home or help or facilitate with anything and it just felt like why have these kids all three like three kids if only one of them is going to be the one who we're following have this relationship and they made the older daughter bi which is Mm. like just randomly though like okay. didn't quite fit or it just felt yeah. really inorganic like oh shit we got we got like three kids one of them's gotta be queer mm-hmm. you know for science like what and look i'm not gonna sit here and be like she had to you know because she she as far as i know her family didn't know i'm not gonna sit here and say that that has to be the case because but <laughs> like it just it didn't to your point it didn't feel organic mm-hmm. no neither did any of the rest of the show the acting was pretty wooden i'm not a huge fan of emily Deschanel, who is yeah the, the she was she played lead. the mom yeah the main mm-hmm. lead um the way the family ended up was just like i didn't get it like how, you you chose this stranger girl mm-hmm. Oops, you chose this stranger girl over your own kids in the end. I don't understand. 
And I get that it's like her past trauma coming to surface and she's got to be like, I have to save all the little children in the world. But why this girl and why at the expense of the rest of your family? Very confused. Very confused. So the next one is Halloween ends. You want to take this one tomorrow? I don't want to talk (laughs) about it. It was the biggest disappointment. Of the year. So obviously this is like the third installment into like the Halloween, like the latest Halloween franchise, right? So in 2018, we got Halloween. And then um, a few years later, we got Halloween Kills, which by the way, I actually really loved, not because mm-hmm. it was good, but yeah. because it was just like that camp I like, right? And yeah. then last year we got Halloween Ends, which featured not Michael Myers. Like, <laughs> I don't understand what was happening. Um, he, what the, the evil spirit that was a part of Michael inhabited, um, his, what his great nieces, if they're related, I don't even know. They did some weird thing where Michael and yeah, they Rory Strode are actually not related. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the Lori, Lori Strode's granddaughter is not living with her because both of her parents are no longer of this realm. And she meets this guy who, oh my God, the, the beginning. So everybody hates this guy for something that was a complete accident um, that you were shown in the beginning of the movie. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, but he's like the town pariah. She, for whatever reason, is into him. He's not good looking. Yeah, Minnie Mike was just trying to be great. I agree. <laughs> so whatever reason, he like steals the mask of Michael Myers and like inhabits like the evil essence that is Michael Myers. And so he's going around and killing people. And I think the kills were good. Like if you're just there for the kills, mm-hmm. that's cool. But if you're there for the kills and Michael, you'd be pissed. Cause I was, I was like, where's Michael? He's barely in here. Yeah. The, the, the mini Mike of it all <laughs> definitely could have been a reboot. Mike, Jr. It could have been like, if you were going to reboot the movie and have him maybe, maybe at the end, when what happens he finds the mask and then it's kind of like oh is somebody else gonna take up the mantle that would have been cool but no but no Mm -hmm. that's not what happened which is weird the beginning was the best part i i agree the beginning was indeed the best part like that was hilarious and awful at the same time (laughs) right it's just you know when you have a series you definitely want to to end it on a high and it didn't, uh, which is really frustrating because the first two entries kind of back, like more recent entries were really great. I yeah. really loved like the first one in the recent kind of trio, mm-hmm. the house that she set up for him, Judy Greer, yeah, the, you know, everybody's best white friend. Um, but she is everybody's <laughs> best white friend. Poor baby. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I feel like what happened with Halloween um, ends is maybe they tried to capture the essence of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Mm. In a weird way, like maybe he was like, mm, let's try it a little bit. Like now's not the time to be experimental. Just give us what we want. And that was Michael Myers and you ruined it. So I was very upset that that was like the last. Or right. is it? Well, speaking of something that didn't give us what we wanted... I'm going to move into, you know what I'm moving into. House of Hunger. You just see how tightly I'm gripping my mug. I'm like shaking. Because I'm going to go in. Okay. So what is it about? All right. So if y'all don't know what House of Hunger is, it essentially follows Marion. She's a blood maid and she is it's giving like Victorian times, right? It's probably late 1800s. And she's a blood maid who goes to um, the North. She lives in Prane, where she goes to is the North. To be a blood maid for the House of Hunger, there's all these different powerful houses. She is serving Lizabeth Bathory. Mm-hmm. And what I thought we were going to get was this sexy, queer, decadent, uh, gothic, creepy thing. And we did not get that, okay? The beginning didn't make sense. The love story didn't make sense. The ending was lackluster. There was no continuity. 
and this especially upsets me as because if y'all know me, vampires are my shit because I wrote them. Witches, my shit. Queer folk, my shit. Okay, I this this should have been the the book of my dreams, and it wasn't, and I'm sad because. I did I did like the her first book year the witching. I did have my issues with it. it, but compared to this, honey. Um let's get into some of why. Because I'm I'm heated. Tight as you say. We we read this like months ago and we are still like brimming with rage. Yeah. Okay, so this is a big part of it. Okay. Um a lot of people say this was a great book because it was a discussion on race. Now, <clears throat> where? I don't know. Because this was a discussion on classism, for sure. If it was just, this is a cl- book about classism, yes. Yeah. Because Marion, she's she's poor, she lives in the slums, she's doing what it takes to survive, and by being a blood maid, she has to serve for a couple years, and then her future is set. But it was not a commentary on race just because you have a Black main character and just because they're operating in a white space does not mean it's a commentary on race, in my humble opinion. It would have been if more of the blood maids were Black. It was just Marion and one other character if there was actual conversations happening around them about specifically like Elizabeth only gets black blood mates these only get you know black blood mates Mm -hmm. and more of a discussion on how are they treated differently or better than the other because that was also not in the book as well this Marion quickly becomes the favorite and if it was a situation of, oh, well, you would be my favorite, but you're Black, then I could see it. But that right. wasn't in there. Also, the love interest, I want, I, want, I wanted queer vampires. I wanted sapphic vampires. And it did not make sense why she would like Elizabeth. Elizabeth had no chemistry. I wasn't into her. I wouldn't do her. And I really wanted that in my vampire. And... Marion was insufferable. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth was a boring villain. There was no chemistry between any of the characters. And continuity-wise, kept irritating me. Because there were scenes that should have been edited better, where one minute a character has their jacket taken away from them, but then the next minute the same character is taking their jacket off. That, as a writer as an author frustrated me because it's like, this is stuff that you should be catching because this is continuity. This is like your editor should be catching this. The cover eats, the cover eats. Mm -hmm. Um, Her writing style is still wonderful. I wish that we got more world building. I wish we got more from this. I also wish, and this is might not be everybody's opinion, but I think what frustrated me also is why weren't this, why wasn't this world more diverse? Why was it only Marion and Irene who were the only major black characters? Everybody else she was surrounded by was white. Again, some people say, well, that's what the race, but. Nah, that ain't it. Cause they really weren't treated much differently than the other blood maids. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said everything I wanted to say. I I mean Marion Marion had a jealous ass best friend who was mm-hmm. like, it won't be nothing if right. you go be a blood maid. And she was like, ha. Oh, the brother. Why was there so much guilt over leaving the brother, her brother, when he was treating her like complete BS, didn't work, she had to support mm-hmm. him. Like, why was she so afraid of him? I didn't understand that. I mean, probably because her brother is a narcissist um, and had a chokehold on her. Somehow. Had a chokehold on her. And look, her brother's an addict. 
And I think that when you have a situation where a loved one is like that and you do, I think, end up feeling like I have to, in some care. cases, care yeah. care for them. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't have parents, I think it is layered. I just personally wouldn't have done the thing she did. Like, yeah. as a spoiler, she gets this ticket to go be a blood. The golden ticket. The other part of this, there's no tension. Nah. There was no tension. Is she or not going to be a blood maid? Because she goes there. She's told it's a super exclusive thing. She only has a small window to get there. Not everybody's chosen. She gets there. She's the only one there. She's chosen like that. To me, even though it does say on the dust jacket that she's going to like become a blood maid, I would have liked for them there to be a little bit more tension as to mm-hmm. maybe she beat somebody else out or maybe she's you know show her being a little ruthless and like you yeah. know some sort of competition like there was like none. that yeah she, she gets, gets the ticket and instead of leaving right then instead of just staying out all night whatever she goes back home and hides the ticket and then her brother finds it and like rips it and is like okay about you not you're not leaving me and it's like if you would have just left <laughs> You didn't you have to go home. No reason to go home. It just, um, I wanted to like it. And I was, this This is the one that made me sad that it wasn't better. Now, I will still read from this author, Alexis Henderson. I'll give her another chance. But I, this did not give. And I was so mm-hmm. sad about it. That's, I'm getting off my soapbox. I've been dumping my gums too much. YA horror. They really, like, I'd be trying to give them a chance. I really do. And they disappoint me every time. Okay, so we got, like, two, yeah. It, it did feel British, but it was in the South. How the fuck? That was something we mentioned. That was hilarious. Um, so, in the interest of time, because we got, like, a couple minutes left here, um, the last two books we did not like were um, within these wicked walls, specifically me. I did not like this book. Once again, a YA horror, gave it a chance. Mm. But it's like a retelling of Jane Eyre, which I never read. So I have nothing to go on that. It's not because it's not like Jane Eyre. I just thought it was hot doo-doo water. I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> I didn't like it. I thought it was boo-boo. Um, but the main character is uh, supposed to be like this thing, like a, a what, what the hell they call it? A doTERRA. doTERRA. And um, just goes into people's homes and cleanses their homes of evil spirits. And so she ends up, she, and by the way, she's an amateur. She ends up getting hired in um, by this man named, well, this boy, he's basically a boy named Mag Magnus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. he's, he's like the rich um, half white half. By the way, I was confused about where the hell this book took place, but I'm guessing Ethiopia it was supposed to be, but the audiobook narrator was British. Yeah, which made that was it a little more confusing weird. too. But he was like half white. His um, white father uh, had money, left you know his estate, and also passed on this specific curse to Magnus. And so she's brought in to be like, yes, the main character was annoying. I agree. She's brought in to cleanse the house and get rid of the curse, and they fall in love. And I was just like, hated the love, and I love love, but hated this love. Hated like the only thing that was cool were the ghosts and the the evil spirits. That was the only cool thing about this. And her um her tutor. I actually kind of liked her grumpy ass tutor. Mm-hmm. And they are drag racing down my street. Hello, Detroit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did not like like ninety nine percent of this book. That was it. That was a wall. Yeah, I didn't. It it was on. It was uh. I don't want to say unremarkable. It just, it was mid for me. I did want more. There were things I liked about it, but um, I I won't read it again. I won't necessarily recommend it, but it's not like I hated it. I didn't lose sleep over it like House of, House of Hunger. Yeah, it's probably because this one wasn't a, as, you know, we weren't as hyped for within these wicked walls as we were for house of hunger we were just we, we yeah. weren't as much let down right because we weren't that hyped for it in the first place 
Um, yeah. Last one is Old Farmer's Road by Isaiah Morrison. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That's mm -hmm. so bad if I'm not. Second to last, because we're going to end this one with a bang. Oh, perfect. So second to last. So Old Farmer's Road, I'm going to go through it quick. It was a <clears> two <throat> black yellow for me. Um, I believe the author is black, red like they were white. Don't come for me. The um, girl moves in to new, like, new neighborhood meets boy next door boy next door and his sister are actually these like demonic goblins that look like humans but then they can be like oh this is my real face and it scares the shit out of you and the way that they survive is by luring their human victims to the specific place called old farmers road where they proceed to eat them and mm -hmm. eat their essence so they can remain like they can have the vitality and our main character somehow ends up becoming like them. And I DNF'd it. So I can't tell you much more than that. <laughs> it had yeah. potential. I agree. We're going to talk about the, the only book our book club has DNF'd thus far. And that is Jawbone by Monica Ojeda. Okay. So this is a book that... Uh, had been translated from a, uh, Spanish, probably Spanish, uh, Brazil. I want to say that it, it takes Portuguese? place in either Brazil mm -hmm. or Bolivia, somewhere in Latin I think America. It was Bolivia, and so it's it's a translation. Okay, mm -hmm. this book is strange. It is confusing. Agreed. Couldn't exactly tell you what it's about, but I'm going to try. So essentially, it's it's a little bit like Jawbreaker. Y'all seen that movie Jawbreakers with uh, Rose McGowan? Classic, right? Wasn't Judy Greer in that as well? She was for Mayo. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so essentially it's about a group of teenage girls who, who are like thrill seekers, I guess. And they're kind of trying to escalate. They start escalating their behavior once they find this like abandoned uh, school, house, parking lot, whatever, right? And they start like punching each other, walking on the ledge over a creek. Uh, there's like an alligator that they see because it's near swampland. They start trying to met, like fuck with the alligator, like provoking it. Um, you know, telling each other like deep secrets. There may or may not also be an SA scene that happens between them. It was weird. Um, there's also, so it's told through multiple points in time. So we're fearing, you know, following this. We're also following a teacher at the school who's just really kind of sad sack kind of woman. Like she's just, uh, just, it's like the author went, how can I make this a very miserable human being? How can I make this the world's most miserable human? Deadass. Like, she was so written so sadly. And then that teacher somehow ends up, like, kidnapping the leader of the thrill-seeking group of girls. We all collectively DNF'd before we found out why. I thought this was going to be, like, a... Like a jawbreakers, maybe virgin suicides, you know, that's the name of the book, virgin suicides, uh, where it's like this mounting terror to somebody dying, and it's kind of like this commentary on whatever it's billed as a commentary on teenage girlhood. And I guess, but it's like there's no there's no horror. Uh I wasn't suspended. Yeah. I wasn't, it wasn't even like psychological horror for me. If there was horror, we, we didn't get to it because right. I was just like, I'm bored. Um, yes, the teacher was, what was the teacher? She dressed exactly like her mother. Like she would wear her mother's underwear and put a nightgown. And we were all like collectively disgusted. <laughs> we were just like, this is it. I think this is it y'all. So we, we cut it and then I forget what book we switched to, but that book was better. Right. The other thing is the way that it's written, and I don't know if this is, again, because of the translation, but the it's huge, huge paragraphs. Mm -hmm. The text, the dialogue isn't on its own line. 
so you kind of have to skim through and go wait is somebody talking again i don't know if that's because it was translated or if that's the way it was initially written but that made it i think a little bit more difficult to to parse through and uh just and the way and the author writes in these lyrical sentences but it's a lot of them are run-ons so just oh it's just a weird book yeah it was i didn't know what was going on so we 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 dnf'd it and we moved on (laughs) hell of a year 2022 hell of a year yeah all right so should we or should i wrap it up yeah do it okay let's wrap this thing up uh, thanks everyone so much for tuning in to another episode of the Horror Host Support Group podcast and now YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter under Horror Host Support Group, host spelled H-E-A-U-X. And if you want to join our book club, just go to our Instagram, click in the description and you're there. You're going to join us. Just join us. We're fun. Um, you can find Amanda and learn all about her work on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube under the name Amanda the Author Ross. The spelled with two E's and on Twitter at Amanda, the author with one E. Um, you can also find me on um, basically all the same platforms except for YouTube under the name Samara Reads 2. And don't forget to check out my indie book box at fifthhousecollective.com. And we will see and talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.